Today's shir is Masech Tivah, Masech Mem Gimel. We will begin on Daf Mem Beis, Amid Beis, six lines from the bottom. Mestamech for Ozel, Reb Avua Kasvid Reb Nachman Shamei. Reb Avua was walking and he was leaning on the shoulders of Nachman, his assistant. Manket for Ozel, and as they were walking, Vazel Hachsmenei, he was trying to learn. Reb Nachman was trying to learn halacha from. His Rebbe Rebbe There's actually an interesting discussion here amongst the Paiskim if one is allowed to lean on another tam, on the Tamat Chachim. Baruchaner says that the entire reason the Gemara gives us this introduction, Harabavua was walking, leaning on Rav Nachim, was specifically to teach us this halacha. That normally the halacha, as the Gemara says in Sechta Megillah, Davchaf Ches Omebeis, is also l'shtamish b'mishishayin halachis. One who's a tamat chacham, one is not allowed to take advantage or use somebody who's a tamat chacham. And here we find that he was leaning on, Rav Avu was reading on Rav Nachman, or Rav Nachman, says the Aruch it must be that since he was teaching him Torah at that time, if he was learning Torah from him at that time, it was permissible for him to walk that way. However, the Shal Sachuvas Binyan Tzian, Simon Pei Gimel, says that this is not really compelling proof. He says that the Bricka Yosef says that even though one, as we just quoted the Gemara Masech Megillah, has to be careful not to take advantage or not to work with a Talmud Chacham, the halacha is that one is a, that a Rebbe is allowed to lean and a Rebbe is allowed to use his Talmud. And here, this it could well be that Rav Nachum was was his Talmud. Moreover, the Binyan goes into a discussion. He says when the Gemara that we just quoted in Masechet Megillah takes the stricter position about using a Talmud Chacham, suggests the Binyan What the Gemara means is only if you're using the Talmud Chacham in a fashion that you're really taking advantage of him. You're making him work hard for you. But if you're walking in the street and he is, and you're just leaning on him, that isn't considered necessarily that you're really using him. Moreover, says the Binyan that if the Talmud volunteers, even if the Talmud is a Talmud Chachem, but he volunteers to allow his Rebbe to use him, that would be permissible as well. And therefore he suggests it could be that Rav Nachem even though he was obviously Talmud Chacham, as the Gemara is quoting, that he was trying to learn from his Rebbe, maybe was allowed, did this voluntarily, and since he did this voluntarily, it doesn't represent something that may not be done. So at the end of our previous year, we had a discussion about Stam Vakach Machloikist. We began the discussion that we always follow a Stam Mishnah, but then the Gemara said that we have a situation of Stam Vachach Machloikis. First, we find a Stam Mishnah, and then we have a Machloikis. That isn't in the category of a Stam Mishnah. And as we explained when we learned our previous year, the reason is because Rebbe obviously first considered this a Stam Halacha, that this Stam Mishnah that he quotes first should certainly be considered like a Stam Mishnah. But then Rebbe, so to speak, reconsidered, and he decided that it's not so simple. So now the question is, ask the Gemara, 
If we have first a Mishnah that quotes a Machloikis, and then there's a Stam Mishnah. My, what will be the Halacha? So he said, that's an example where we follow the Stam Mishnah. What about Stam Vakach Machloikis? If we have a Stam Mishnah and then a Machloikis, so he says, my, what would be what would be the halacha then? So I said, Amalei. So Rav Avu told him, "Ain't halacha kastam." Then we don't follow the opinion of the Stam Mishnah. Stama de Masnisen. Then he asked, "When we had a, when we have a Stam Mishnah, or machloikis bebraisa, and we have a machloikis and a braisa, what do we do?" My Amalei. So he said, "In that situation, the halacha is kastam. We follow the opinion of the Stam Mishnah." Machloikis bemasnisen. Then he asked him. If we have a machloikis in a Mishnah, and stam in a b'raisa, my, what do we do? On one hand, we have a stam b'raisa. On the other hand, the Mishnah is quoting a machloikis. So his response to him was, if Rebbe, who's more authoritative than Rebchia, and Rebbe, as we know, was the one who composed the Mishnayis. So if Rebbe wasn't able to establish it, as a Stam Mishnah, so he commented, Rav Chia, how could Rav Chia establish it as a Stam? And therefore, if Rebbe doesn't consider it a Stam, and Rebbe wasn't ready to assume that that is Dalacha, certainly we can't, Rav Chia's position cannot be followed. So says the Gemara, Amalei, so Rav Nachum asked Rav you're saying now that when we have a Stam Mishnah and a Machloikas and a Braisa, that is the situation that we follow the Stam Mishnah. So he asked. But in order to understand, to introduce what we're about to learn, we have to review very, very briefly some of the Allah's Kabbalah's Tumah. The Allah of how something becomes susceptible Tumah. The Allah is that something that becomes Tameh, if most material, if it's something made out of most materials, the way it becomes Tar is by putting it into the mikvah. However, the klicheres, earthenware, putting them in a mikvah will not be effective. Moreover, even something that's made out of a different material, even something that's not made out of klicheres, the loche by all materials is that shviroson zuhitaroson, by breaking them to become tar. So whatever material a keli is made out of, but if that keli is brought is broken, the moment it's broken, it becomes, the moment it becomes broken, the Allah is, it becomes tahar. So the Mishnah in Masech the Kalim teaches us, Masrik Shapistan, if you have a comb, which is meant to, bro- to comb out linen, Shinitlash uh, flax, Shinitlash Shinov, and the teeth of the comb broke off, Nishtayr by Shtayim, but there are two teeth left to maims. Then this comb is still makabotuma. As long as it still has two co- two teeth, the Mishnah considers it still a keli. And as we just said, only when it's broken is it considered no longer tame. But if it has two teeth, it's still makabotuma. Achas, and therefore the Mishnah continues. If it's only left with one comb, it's tar. But it says. But if you have one co- one tooth of the comb broken off separately, Timaeus, it's still Makabal Tumah. Then, continues the Mishnah to discuss, Shot Semer, 
a comb which is intended to be used to comb wool. That between every three teeth, one tooth was removed. Tahor. That comb is tahor. If there are three teeth left in one spot, then it's tamitz makabal tumah. Because if it has three teeth together, it still could serve as a comb. If one of the three three teeth that we need to have is one is the outermost tooth, that is tahor. Because the outermost tooth is much wider than the regular teeth, and therefore it can't serve the purpose as a comb, and therefore it's not considered like you have three teeth, that the comb should still be considered a keli, that it's tummy. Nitlushtayim continues the Mishnah, if two teeth were removed, vasla makit, and it's made into a tweezer, so tweezer is a keli, so it's makabal tumah. Achas, if one tooth was removed, the skina, and it's meant to be used for something to clean out your candle, or you're meant to use as a pin, at the bat, as a pin in, their, in a clothing, so also serves a, as a purpose, and therefore it's tamaya. The kaimelon, now says the Gemara, so this was a Mishnah, as we just quoted, a Mishnah Masech the Taharis. But the Gemara says, that Mishnah is a star Mishnah. Yet the Kaimelon, they ain't Allah Kais Mishnah. We have a tradition that the Allah is not like that Mishnah. So I, we're learning throughout our Shia today that the Allah is Kista Mishnah. Amalei, so Rabbi Vu said to him, Don't ask me a question from that Mishnah. The Rabbi Yochanan Vresh Lakish Tavayu Zu Ene Mishnah. That this Mishnah is not to, not to be considered an authoritative Mishnah that we should rely on it for Halacha. But ask the Gemara, my Tama, what is so difficult with this Mishnah that we discount it? Because the beginning of the Mishnah and then this Mishnah are contradictory. The Tani, the beginning of the Mishnah said, if you have a, tooth, a comb meant to be used for wool, if between every three teeth, one of the teeth was removed. It tohor. It's not considered anymore keli. It seems that if there would be two teeth left and the middle tooth is not removed, it would be tomei. But then the Mishnah continued teaching us the shalish. Only if you have three teeth together is a tomei. Shloisha in. You have to have three teeth together for it to be makabel toma. Shtayim, but if it has only two teeth, it's not Makabotuma. So from the ratio, it seems that when you have two teeth together, it's going to be Tomei. And the Sefer seems to be teaching us that you only can have, only when you have three teeth, is it going to be Tomei. Two teeth alone is inadequate, says the Gemara. My Kasha, why is this considered a refutation of that Mishnah? Dilma Habegavayaisa. So Rashi actually quotes two pshatim in explaining this teretz, and Rashi says that the preferable teretz is actually his second pshat. He says that this comb has two rows of teeth, an inner row and an outer row. Most of the work is done with the outer row of teeth, and therefore 
you have to have three teeth for it to be able to be useful. The inner row is only there to protect that the, co- that the wool that we're combing should not fall. So since it's not that, it's not really there for combing, two teeth are enough. Says the, so in other words, the Gemara was able to successfully explain the steer that we just learned. El Mahocha says the Gemara, the reason that this Mishnah is difficult to Tani, the Mishnah said, as long as you take one tooth at a time, so that each tooth independently is usable, and therefore it's Timaeus, it's considered a keli. Afagav, and that Mishnah is teaching us, Afagav even though you didn't do anything, each tooth by itself is adequate to be considered a keli. But ask the Gemara, but let's continue learning the Mishnah. What does it say in the Sefer, the Mishnah? If you have one tooth and you fashion it, that it should be able to be used to clean out your candle, or it could be used to as a pin, what is the Mishnah saying? That only if a skina, if you actually did something to show that you want it to be a keli in, then is it considered a keli and it's makabotoma. If you didn't do anything to make it in, in fashion into a keli, loy, it's not going to be it's not going to be considered a keli. And that's the stira between the ratio, the two parts of the Mishnah. When you have one tooth, do you have to actually do something with it? Or do you, to make it be considered a keli, or is it automatically considered a keli? And that was the contradiction that made them say that this mission is not authoritative. Authoritative. Why is that considered such a big question? Dilma, ha, bekatayu. If there's usually a piece of a, a base under the tooth. So if it has the base under that tooth, so that makes it usable. It's considered a handle for the tooth a base yad for the tooth, and therefore it's makabal tuma, even though you didn't do anything specific to make it into a keli. But if it doesn't have its base, then it's not usable unless you fashion it into a keli. So again, we were able to successfully answer the question, and why are we saying that this Mishnah should not be relied on? It's a star Mishnah. Amma, Rapapa, my kusha. What's the question? He gives another answer how to resolve the stira about the tooth. Ha beketanaisu. Here we're talking when it has a small tooth. So since it's a small tooth, it's not very usable, and therefore it has it only becomes usable if you make it usable. Ha elimta. When it's a big tooth, it's usable even without any special work to make it into a keli. So again, the Gemara gave another reason why this Mishnah should not be considered so difficult. It says the Gemara, The problem with this Mishnah, says the Gemara, is something else altogether. And that is because the people who are precise when they learn Mishnayis, they say if you learn the Mishnayis precisely with the right girsa, you'll discover that the Mishnah ends, Divrei Rav Shimon. So if that's the case, it's not a star Mishnah. The Mishnah represents the opinion of Reb Shimon. And now, if the Mishnah only represents the opinion of Reb Shimon, we understand why we, won't, why we don't have a problem. That we began our Shia today by establishing halach to star Mishnah. This is not a star Mishnah, because this Mishnah only 
represents the opinion of Rav Shimon. So we go back to our sugya, and our sugya has been under what circumstances or what not circumstances may a woman get married, engaged after from when her after her first husband died or divorced her. Says the Gemara, Shalach of Chibar Oven, Ma'arsin Letaych Shloishim. They may get engaged within the three months. They're not allowed to get married because if they get married, as we discussed in the previous year, there's going to be a concern that maybe we're not going to be able to identify who is the who is this baby. Is it a child of the first or of the second? But with Arison, there's no relations who don't have that concern. And he says, Furthermore, of Chibar Oven said, not only is that the halacha, I saw that this was actually practiced this way. You don't have to wait three months to do Nisuin, but he said even furthermore, most of the first month, most of the middle, last month, and a whole middle month is enough to wait. It's an interesting discussion amongst the Yachroinim. What is meant here when it says the Cain? The Masha seems to learn that it's talking about Arison. That Arison, that, that, that's where you have to wait. You don't have to wait three whole months, but you talk, we have to wait most of the three months. Others say that we're talking here about Nesuin. For for Arison, you don't have to wait at all. And for Nesuin, you don't have to wait even the whole three months. But I I did see that the Karen Iris says that even though we said now that Ruba Sharishin, the whole most of the first month, most of the, the whole mill month, and most of the last month, which is equals approximate which equals sixty-two days, it doesn't mean it has to be exact when we say sixty-two days, it has to be sixty-two days in the way the Gemara describes sixty-two days. Most of the first, most of the last, and the entire middle. Just sixty-two days alone is not enough. Says the Gemara, Amemishara Lurus Biyam Tishim. let somebody get have Arison on the last on the ninetieth day. You have to wait three full months, not including the day of death. So how could you tell me that on the 90th day she could already get Muresis? Says the Gemara. When he said that, that was regarding Meneka Sitmar. When we speak about a nursing woman, there we have to be stricter. The Ravishmud Amitavayu, Srikhlahamtan Asrabakha Khaidish, a woman that's nursing has to wait 24 months, Khutzmiyam Shnailabai, and when we count those 24 months, we don't count the day that the baby was born, the Khutzmiyam Shin Sarsaba, and we don't count the day that she begins that she becomes that she becomes an Arusa that she gets engaged. Why explains the Sefi Yosef Lekard? Are we more lenient with the three months than when the 24 months. So he says that when we speak about the child nursing the 24 months, there it's a question of Sarkhanastafashis, because the child needs the the nursing. When we're waiting three months to know who is the father, then we it's not a question of Sarkhanastafashis. Another explanation that he gives is that by Amenekis, we know for sure that this woman is nursing. 
and we're concerned that she should nurse without anything happening to her milk. But when we're talking about the question of a woman being pregnant, if the woman's not pregnant, it's only a suffix if she is pregnant. When it's a question of a suffix, it's entirely differently, it's an entirely different situation, and that's why we could be more we could be more lenient. Also the Pais can say that even when we speak about the twenty-four months or by a child or by a nursing woman that she has to wait twenty-four months, it means twenty-four months. It doesn't mean two two years, which means as follows. In a year, in a year that it's an that's a leap year, so we know that in the Jewish leap year there are 13 months. So two years is actually 25 months. Here Allah is not that you would have to wait the two years, you have to wait 24 months. Even though we're learning now about how serious it has to be regarding a menekes, the Allah is that the Paiskim under certain circumstances are more lenient. I saw that the Shah Sachuva Shaved Alevi for Avoznazal, Khalik Yud, Simon Reish Lamid Bays, speaks about a woman who got divorced while she was pregnant. And she never nursed. And now it's already a number of months after she had the baby and she never nursed. And she has the opportunity to marry a fine boy. And he says it's even more of a situation that's all part of the Shaila there where this girl has different issues with getting married. It's not so easy for her to find a shidduch. So he says, certainly as we discussed yesterday from the Elif Shloima. The Elif Shloima says that nowadays no one nurses more than 18 months. So this whole issue of 24 months is not that clear. Moreover, he says, if the father of the child, in other words, this is, as we just said, a divorcee, and the child is a child of the first husband. If the father of the divorcee, put, or the father of the child, puts down in the bank enough money that the child should have support. So the whole reason, as we learn, that you're not allowed to marry a menekes chaveroi because if she gets pregnant and she won't have what to to feed her child. But if if there's funds available, set aside funds, he's make under that circumstance. Says the Gemara, but. Here we learned that for Arison we could be lenient and you could have Arison on the 90th day. But ask the Gemara, for who David Tishim, there was once an episode that somebody made the Arison on the 90th day, and Rava said that the entire meal should be let, let, go to waste. He was very strict that the Arison may not take place on the 90th day. Says the Gemara, that wasn't an erison. That was a sudas nesuin haven. A sudas nesuin, where nesuin is much stricter. That's where we have to be. We have to be machmer. But when it's erison, we could be more lenient. Moreover, I saw a ritva that says that if the woman stopped nursing three months before her husband died. Then we could um, we could be more lenient and also let her get married earlier. Another point that I saw that the Shalomeshev makes interesting psak. He says if a child was born out of wedlock, that's where we have to be more concerned with the twenty four months than in any other area. 
For he explains, a child that's born out of wedlock is a child that many times the parent, the mother, the parents are embarrassed with. And therefore, if something will happen that the mother's milk will no longer be available and the child is in danger, they won't have the same type of rachmanus on that child. But a child that's born to a divorcee, suggests the Shalomashev, so such a child has parents and has a mother, has a father who won't let it suffer. Says the Gemara, when we speak about the 24 months, they have to be full 20 months, 24 months, when we talk about waiting for, to get remarried, you have to wait three, four months. All of that is the halacha that we have to be so strong, so strict. We learned in the Mishnah that all women are allowed to become mureses during the three months. Chutzma almana, Rabbi Yossi Yehovah said, the almana is an exception, Rabnei Ha'ibol, because she's an Avelis, and therefore by Avelis there are different halachas. Omer of Chizda. The question is, on Rav Chizda, we can make the following Kavachaymer. The week in which Tishabov falls, we're not allowed to wash clothing. Still, the halacha is, Mutalaris. The halacha is that you are allowed to do erisin. And the reason Rashi explains one is not allowed to wash clothing during that week is because it's Messiah Das Min Avelis. Because you're not thinking about the Avelis if you're busy with laundry. And that's the reason that not only are you not allowed to wash clothing to put them to put on the freshly laundered clothing during the Shvur Shechalboi. You're not allowed to even wash clothing in order to put them on after the Shvur Shechalboi. Because we want you to be focused on the Tishabov. So the halacha is that the Shvur Shechalboi were being very strict and not allowing any laundry. So certainly in a place where we're allowed to do laundry, then the halacha is by Avelis, that you're not allowed to do laundry during the shiva. But after the shiva, the halacha is you are allowed to do laundry. So why are we being so strict? And why is Rabbi Yossi saying that uh, Almona can't get married because she has to be by Avelis? So the Gemara delves in to this halacha. Mahi, what is this halacha? The Tanan, Shabbos Chal Tisha B'Toychoi, the Shvur Shechalboi, Osel Saper, one may not take a haircut, and one is not allowed to wash his clothing. And of course we know that Allah is that we're not, allowed, not only are we not allowed to wash clothing, we're not allowed to put on freshly laundered clothing, freshly laundered linen. The Allah, however, is that if one's mustache is disturbing him from eating, that may be trimmed during the Shavu Shechalboi. But if on Thursday one can do laundry or take a haircut and make for Shabbos. The Tanya says the Gemara, the week, the Gemara at this point is assuming that we're talking about the Shvur Shechalboy, you do much less business. And Tysus explains that we're talking here about Binyavinatiya Shal Simcha. 
That, that means that an Avakish and Malachim, they used to make special different things. They used to build special things for kings. That was something that may not be done during that week. But if it's not an Avakish, it's not a Binyan Shal Simcha, or it's not business Shal Simcha, you run a business, and there's no Simcha, then you're allowed to do it. Uh, you're not allowed to buy clothing for a chasna, but you're certainly allowed to buy basic needs that you're allowed to have. So here the Mishnah also, the Gemara told us that Tishbov falls on Erev Shabbos. On Thursday, we could be lenient. But the halacha is, what, what could we be lenient? So we're showing him debate because if, if Tishbov is on Thursday, we have a Friday in between. So the Agos Ashri says that if Tishbov falls on, that it, as we're learning now, if Tishbov falls on Friday, on Thursday, we're allowed to do laundry, but we wouldn't be allowed to take a haircut. And the Morgan Avram explains, because laundry is done all the time. So this week, when Tisha B'Av is on Friday, I'm going to have to do the laundry on Thursday. But a haircut, people don't take every week. And since people don't take a haircut every week, there's no reason that we're allowed to be lenient on that Thursday. This halacha is actually not found in the, in the Shulchan Aruch. And the reason that this halacha is not found in the Shulchan Aruch, because according to the way our calendar is established, Tisha B'Av can never be on a Friday. We're allowed to do Erisin, Avaloi Koinsin. We're not allowed to make Nesuin. And also, ain't Oisin Sudas Erisin. The halacha is, we're not allowed to make a Sudas Erisin. And the reason we're not allowed to make Asudas Erison, because the Erison, to get engaged, there's a concept of Shema Yigadamena Acher, that we want to make sure that this is, this Shidduch will happen. But the Suda could be delayed. But says Rebel Yashiv, we've been using the word, when we've been using the word Erison, we've been using the word engagement, which is really not accurate. Erison means the first day step in getting married. Says Rabbi Yosha, what we know as Erison as getting engaged, even having an engagement party, Rabbi Yosha said if it's a low-key engagement party, you'll have to have it in the nine days. But here we see that in that you'll have to wash. And even though you're not allowed to do laundry, you'll have to have Erison. So why is Rabbi Yosha being machmer in our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Kitanya, that Bryce is not talking about Shavu Shechalboy. That Bryce up. It's talking about kaidim to kaidim. It's talking about from Rishchodesh Av. Amarav, So says Ravi, even if you'll explain that that's what the Brysa means, the kaidim to kaidim nami kavachaymer. Even on the week from when Rishchodesh Av begins, which we know as when the nine days begin, we could still make the following kavachaymer. From t- from the nine days. From Rish Chodesh Av, we have to curtail business of Simcha. Mutal Aris. So certainly, after the Shiva, one is allowed to go back to doing business. Enedin Shemutal Aris, says the Gemara. Don't say that Rabbi Yossi meant to say that all women are allowed to have Erisin besides Dalmana, who may not have Erisin during the Shloshim, Al-Ema, what Ramayosi meant to say was the Kala Nashim certainly could have Erisin, but they even could have Nesuin. What Ramayosi meant to say was that Almana 
could have Erison even the, during the Shloishim after her husband's passing, her Oris's passing, but Nesuin may not take place during that Shloishim. Nesuin is too much of a Simcha, and that level of Simcha may not take place during the Shloishim for Namana. But ask the Gemara, according to this, Rabbi Yossi is being very lenient, and he's not requiring waiting three months. Ask the Gemara, but does Rabbi Yossi not agree with the concept that we've been discussing of, uh, of Achana? Rabbi Yossi is not concerned about Achana. So the first tarot the Gemara suggests that indeed, Leslie, Rabbi Yossi doesn't subscribe to the concept of Achana. Avchana, and he does, he's not concerned about women not getting married, women getting married before the three months. Levi Samalitlislay, and the way we're learning the Mishnah, Rabbi Yosei If you have a woman who was an Arusha and she got divorced, so if she got divorced and she was an Arusha, so she never had relations with her husband. If she never had relations with her husband, that's why there's no concern that she will that she's pregnant, and that's why we don't have to wait three months. Ihachi says the Gemara, if we're explaining that Rabbi Yossi agrees to the concept of Achana, that's exactly what Rabbi Huda said. Rabbi Huda also said that Arusa could have Nesuin. So if that's the case, what is the, what is the point of the Nachlaikas Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda? According, the Gemara is assuming right now that just like Rabbi Yossi allowed an Arusa to have Nesuin, and he didn't make a gzera, that just by, because by Nesul we have this concern. So too we should have the concern by Rusa. Rabbi Yossi did not make such a gzera. So too is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So what's their basis of their machloikas? Answers, the Gemara Ikmanai Nesul la'aris. Can a Nesul have erisin? The Rishudah sava, Nesul metaris la'aris. Even though Nesul was a Nesul, we don't have to be concerned that if we let her have Erison, she's going to have Nesuin. One has nothing to do with the other. Rabbi Yossi's Rabbi opinion, however, is Nesua, a Surah A Nesua should not have Erison. Because we're concerned that if we're going to allow the Nesua to have Erison, so once we're lenient, she may come to have Nesuin. And then we'll have concern that maybe she's already pregnant and we won't know who is the father. Ask the Gemara, is that Rabbi Yossi's opinion? Is that the way that we're going to say Rabbi Yossi holds? The Sovereign Rabbi Yossi asked the Gemara, that Nesua Surah Laoris, Vatan Rabbi Yossi, I'm a Kalan Nashim, Yusarsu, all women are allowed to have Erisin, Chutzmanel, Elmana, Mnei Ibn, the Kama Ibn how long does the Ibn of a Mana take? Shloshim Yoim, the Avelis of a Amana is for Shloshim. The Kulon and all women who are Nesuis, even though they're Grushis and they're not Avelis, they have to wait three months because of Chana. So we see that Rabbi Yossi here says that a Nesua can have Erisin. So now again, we need to understand what is the Machloikis of Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda. Says the Gemara, Hi, my Kusha. I don't really consider this a question, says the Gemara. Ilema, if you're going to ask from what Rabbi Yossi said, call Nashim Yisarsu, that we see Rabbi Yossi says that every Nesua can have Erisin, is the words of the Brysa any stronger than the words of the Mishnah? The Kimnu, and we explained 
that the Mishnah we explained that the Mishnah is referring only to a specific type of woman. A woman who was an Arusa and was a Grusha from the Erisin. That's the only woman that we let her have Nesuin. Hachanami, when it says here that they all could have Nesuin, that Grushas could have Nesuin, it means a very specific type of woman. An Arusa Grusha Nasu, but it doesn't mean all women. Ella Mesefer. The questions from the Sefer that says the Tani v'Kulon Loyinosu Acheilan Shloishakandoshim. So we see from here in Subi who the Loy that now that I have Nesuin, Hatzrusi Shapidami, the latter have Erisin, and that's talking about Nesuis. But we said that Rabbi Yosi holds that in the Sua is now that I have Erisin, and here it says that you can't have Nesuin. For three months, but you can't have Arison. Amarava, the Sefer in, is indeed difficult, but we have to tritz, we have to explain the Sefer of Emahaki. All women who are Rusas and are Grushas may get married right away. Chutzman Almona, many Ebal. And Almona has to wait because she's an Avelis. The Kama Ebal, Shalah, how long is her Avelis? Shloshim Yoin. Noshim, and here Rabbi Yossi is going to say, as we're saying, he learns in the Mishnah as well, that a woman who's in the Sua, they, a woman who was in the Sua, certainly can't have Nesuin, but they can't even have Erisin, until three months pass. But ask the Gemara, we're learning now that a woman who's an Almana from the Erisin has to have Avelis. Ask the Gemara, Tanya, when a woman is in a Russo state and her husband, Rahman Slon, passes away, the halachas of Aninus doesn't apply, the halacha of being a husband who's a Kayan is metama to his wife, even though, of course, we know a man is not allowed to, that a Kayan is not allowed to become Tame. There are exceptions. One of the exceptions our wife, as the Torah says, Kiyim L'Sheroi, but says the Gemara that if they only had Erisin, she's not considered his wife, that he becomes Tomei or Oinen, the Ken Hiloi Anenis, she doesn't have Dinim of Anenis, Veloi Metamolo. There's a mitzvah for a wife to become Tomei when her husband passes away, not here. Mesa, when Darusa dies, normally the Allah is that her husband Yarshins his wife, Nana Narusa. Mace who, and if she if he died, Gaivixibasa, he she does have a right to collect her ksuba. So we see there's no Aris, there's no availus. So why are we saying that by Almona, Rabbi Yosef says you have to wait for 30 days? Says the Gemara, El Tanaihu. There's Machloikis Tanoim. There's a Machloikis Tanoim what the Allah is. And Rabbi Yosef is come to teach us that you now have Arisin. During the Maya Velis, because in the Erisin, there's Simcha. I, the question is, we ask from the nine days, or the Shvu Shechalboy, where there's also a Velis, and yet we're learning that you had a lot to have a Velis, says the Gemara, the Tanya, from Shchodesh Av, nine days, we do less business, Melivnois, we don't make a Binyan Shal Simcha, Lentoya, they don't plant Shal Simcha, Tup Shatim, 
One shot is that they used to plant a tree when a king had a son. And then when the son ultimately became king, they used that wood to build his throne. Another shot is that they used to build such gazebos where they could sit out in the in the sun and the shade. That you now build during the nine days. Malaris and Melissa. Shabbos Chal the whole month it's Osir. So we see that you're not allowed to make you're not allowed to make Erisin. And that therefore we don't have a question from the nine days or from Shvur Shachalboy to to the Avelis. Maskler Vashi, the Maidal Eris, Laris Mamish. So we're learning now that you're not allowed to make an Erisin there. Maybe what I mean to say is you now want to make the party. Says the Gemara, if that's what it meant, when it says Lisa, we'll say the same. We'll not see Nami. Maybe Dalach will be Lameved the Sudas Nasun Udaser. You now want to make the wedding Lisa Shapidami. Would it mean that you're allowed to do Nasun? Says the Gemara, that's not a good comparison. Even if you're going to have a Nesuin, even without any party attached to it, the Nesuin is a tremendous Simcha. And that's why it's sim- there's a Simcha, and it may not be done then. Erisin is not such a big Simcha. And if there's not going to be a party with it, simcha, there's no Simcha. El Rashi. So what do we see from here? That we don't have a Tana that holds. If that's the Taich, where Eris means the party, but the actual Erisin may take place. So the question is, if we see by the nine days, or by the Shvur Shechalboi, Erisin may take place, it should also be take place by the Shloshim, by an Almono. Elam Ravashi, Shani Avelis Chadoshim, Avelis Yishona. We can't compare the Avelis that a woman is, is, is suffering when her husband passed away from Tishabov. Furthermore, Shani Avelis the Rabbim, Tishabov is an Avelis that affects all of Klai Yisrael versus Avelis the Yochid, which is an Avelis that is private for the person who lost his loved one. And therefore, Dalachas are very different. And since Dalachas are very different, we can't learn Dalachas in one case to the, to, the other, to the other situations. Every situation has its own very unique unique set of halachas, and one cannot serve one cannot serve as the model for for the other one. For example, Ramosha in the Shaz Chuvas Igris Moshe, Yaridaya Khalik Aleph, Simon Reishkov Dalid discusses the halacha about training Khinach of a child by Tishabov. And he makes the point that by Tishabov there's a concept of chinuch, that we train the child in Hilchus Tishabov. We, when if a child, becomes an oval, the halacha is there's no chinuch for avelis. You don't have to have avelis. And therefore, since you don't have to have avelis, the halacha is that, that the, we don't train for avelis. And there's a difference between the Avelis of Tishbev, as our Gemara showed, and other Avelis. Our Gemara also made a very interesting statement. The Gemara said, Erisin, if you're going to have an Erisin without a party, it doesn't really represent a very great Simcha. 
But the Gemara said, Nesuin is a great simcha, and the Nesuin is a simcha even without a, even without a suda. Just the actual Nesuin represents a tremendous simcha. Based on this point, I saw a beautiful, uh, exp- uh, beautiful psak from the Cheshuke Chemed. Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein in his Sefer Cheshuke Chemed discusses a situation where the Chosna Kala who got married are celiacs. And because of celiac, they can't eat, they avoid eating bread. So we're having a Sheva Brachis. And the question he discusses we're going to have a Sheva Brachis, but the Chosna Kala are not going to eat by the Sheva, not going to wash by the Sheva Brachis. And the question is do, can we say the Sheva Brachis? We're going to have a minion. And we're going to have a million of people who are who washed and ate bread, but we don't have a million of people who who are able to eat, who are who the chasan kala didn't eat bread. And the question is, can we have sheva brachas even though the chasan kala didn't eat bread? So he says, Al Gemara just taught us that the simcha of the nesuin is not necessarily connected to to the nesuda. The nesuin itself represents a simcha. And that's the case, that the Nesuin itself represents a simcha, says Rev Zilberstein, if that's the case, so then we can make, the, we can have the Sheva Brachas, the Baruch Shem, we have a Chos and a Kala, we have a Chos and a Kala, we have a simcha, and we'll have the Sheva Brachas, even though they unfortunately cannot participate in eating bread.